Hey there, this is Nisi, and I am the guest DJ on The Takeover. magic moment when you realized that you were good enough to make records? 
answer. Well, how I got to do my debut CD was I was at a jam in Detroit, and there were a lot of musicians in uh, from out of town that were at the jam. And I had one individual by the name of Neoshi Jackson, who was a drummer. Um, he ended up being on stage with me. And after we got off, he goes, you know, you need to come to Nashville. I can really do something with you. You know, I would love to produce you. You know, and how oh my, how many times have artists heard that? And, you know, sometimes it goes down a good lane and sometimes not. But I went down and I checked it out and it's, you know, it seemed like, okay, let's do this. So I went to my first session and I was floored at who the session musicians were. Johnny Neal, legendary Almond Brothers, who won the Lifetime Achievement um, Award, who is now my producer, Shane Terriel from the Neville Brothers, Willie Weeks, I mean, the list goes on and on, and at that moment, I knew I was where I
and you're listening to the best of the blues right here with my dear friend Mighty Quinn on Buddy Guy Radio. Crank that dial up. My heart from crying for me. Oh, these tears got a mind of their own for me. The other light that wakes up beside me for me. Oh, yeah, I broke our happy home. Didn't take long. Long for. For me, for me, I'm drowning in a sea of tears and shame. My heart, my heart, will never be the same. For me, 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 I can't fake another day. You know.
What was one of your most memorable or favorite performances? Answer. My most memorable performance was actually way back in 1990 when I performed with the band um, at the Cancun Jazz Festival. I wasn't out there as Nisi yet. I was part of the band, but it really gave me a taste of the uh, festival of circuit and Cancun, I mean, geez, <laughs> how could you not love that?
Question three. Stage presence and showmanship. Who do you pattern your style after or some of your influences? Answer. Well, I've been referred to as the fireball from Detroit. Um, I've had a lot of photographers tell me they have a hard time taking pictures of me because I'm on the move so much on stage. But um, as far as showmanship and work in the audience, um, one of my major influences uh, that had a big bearing on my stage presence was Coco Taylor. Um, her and I were in a show together back in 2003, the Women in Blues of Detroit and Chicago, which was held in Detroit. And at that time is where she gave the famous quote that I use, um, better watch out for Nisi. She reminds me of me in my younger years. So that stuck with me. Um, I like to work the audience like she does, get right up at the edge of the stage, get out in the audience, and just work it.
Ticking of a clock I'm still waiting For that next shoe to drop
to the voice inside my head I'm living a good life Good life instead You know I'm thankful For everything I've got I'm no longer waiting No longer waiting for that shoe to drop mm. No longer waiting mm. Waiting for the shoe to drop For that next shoe to drop Hey there, this is Nisi, and you're listening to Women in Blues right here with my friend Mighty Quinn on BuddyGuyRadio.com. Turn it up!
Tell us something about you that nobody knows. Answer. Uh, some people know, but most don't. I actually um, was a professional dancer for 20 years and toured all over the world. Um, I got a degree in dance at college. And um, I try to use those moves present day. <laughs> so yeah, that's one thing that I'm not sure too many people know is that I was a professional dancer for many, many years.
Question five. Why the blues? Did it choose you? Answer. Although I was always into blues music, um, as far as me stepping out as Nisi is a very interesting story. Um, I was on the road back in the mid-90s when I lived in Boston with a rock band. And we were playing one of the clubs at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And at the zoo bar was Magic Slim with the teardrops. I guess he had heard me when he was on break. Um, at one time throughout the evening when we, I stepped out of the club, he himself was out there and he came up to me. He goes, girl, I heard you. You need to sing the blues. Come on. And uh, he invited me up to do a couple numbers on stage. And uh, I got with my guys and said, hey, do some inter instrumentals because uh, <laughs> I'm going to go do this. So that was it. I mean, that's all she wrote. That got me heading in the blues direction and I've never turned back since. Here comes the rain Wash all my sins away Oh, let it rain down on me I've been a liar I've been a beggar too Maybe more sinning Before my time but there's just one thing, just one thing's for sure I don't want to sin no more Oh, let it rain down on me
ever achieve the mass appeal it deserves? Answer. Well, I'm almost going to have to say no, mainly because of the mainstream music industry kind of slicing and dicing the, the blues scenes. For example, you know, the Grammys. When I was in the running for nominations in 2015, uh, there were many categories. Actually, I was nominated in three different categories. Now, they've sliced and diced it down to two categories only. So, I mean, when when the higher gods of the music industry um, do a big gesture, I'll call it, <laughs> like that, I mean, it's really, really hard to get mass appeal because mass appeal is dictated, you know, a lot by the Grammys and the Billboard and so on. So as much as I would love it to have the mass appeal, um, I think we're a uh, boutique music genre.
It's good for you. 